Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are covering a true masterpiece. Uh... (laughs) MTV's Wuthering Heights from 2003. <laughs> this uh, this potentially rivals Spirit of Christmas as, you know, one of our favorites. I neither of us had seen. I cannot believe that I missed this first run. I can't I cannot believe it. It is truly unfair, truly, truly unfair that I missed this. I mean, this is this, this early was made on. at the the peak of MTV. This was two thousand three. This is this is the time when I was watching MTV all the time. I was watching MTV. I was watching VH one. I was watching their movies, their reality shows. It was kind of the beginning of their reality show boom, um, and of course their music videos. You know, because those still existed. <sighs> So, I mean, the fact that we missed this, um, I don't know. I mean, that that's a tragedy, but here we are. And, and we have arrived on the island of Wuthering Heights, MTV's version. Um, and wow, it, it is an island to be on. It Okay. So, this was, uh, you know, this is based on the book by Emily Bronte. And it's, it's oddly faithful in a lot of ways. Um, adapted by Max and Ensco... And Annie DeYoung, and they write like a lot of like they wrote like a lot of like Disney shows and original movies, which makes sense. Absolutely, makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was directed by Suri Krish Krishnama Krishnama, and he directed. Let's see if there's anything here that he directed that I would know about. No, no. Nope. Nopers. Mm, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they found this guy. Because I don't know what any of this stuff is. <laughs> I, I think they probably just, like, threw, um, you know, a letter in a bottle, uh, like, just, like, into the ocean, and then he found it. Yeah. I would assume that's how they did all of the casting and hiring for this film. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think everyone was cast for their looks without really much thought into anything else. He Okay, so he, he directed some of um, Coronation Street, which is one of the UK's longest soap operas, longest running soap operas. Okay. <laughs> okay. That does make sense. So, that does make yes. sense. I mean, this is a very soapy uh adaptation so we've got we've got erica christensen from swim fan the perfect score the parenthood tv show traffic like she was in a lot of she's in a lot of stuff like at the time she might have been one of the bigger deals well katherine heigl it's interesting let's see what was katherine heigl doing before this movie i mean because she's been around for a while i remember her from that classic TV movie, Wish Upon a Star, from 1996. Oh, like, yes. I oh. love that one. Oh, yeah. Very good. Um, uh, this movie called King of the Hill that has nothing to do with the cartoon that's pretty good. Um, yeah, 
yeah and she was on roswell she was on roswell yeah yeah she was in she later she's in like bride of chucky so uh, she was pretty active before this because like i feel like she really blew up after this yeah she, like yeah, she was this, on grace yeah um, this happened okay she made this after roswell it already ended so that makes sense so she'd already been on you know a whole show and uh <laughs> we have uh we have mike vogel here who had been in grind which is like one of those like uh you know dudes finding themselves they're skating um cloverfield she's out of my league uh he, the biggest movie that he was in was The Help. He was he was in The Help. He was later in. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I never. I refused to see The Help. No, still never seen it. Um. Uh, we got. Yeah, I mean, he was in. She's out of my league. We covered that one. Yeah, yeah. So he's actually. I barely remember him, but yeah, he was there. I mean, I I luckily barely remember much about that movie because it was so. It made me so angry. <laughs> and we got Christopher Masterson, who's most known. For well, two things. He's most known for being on Malcolm in the Middle and being a Scientologist and being the guy who got Laura Prepon into Scientology because they dated for a couple years. And I mean, that's that's a big credit. That's a big credit. That's getting uh, Laura <laughs> somebody that I like that much. Getting her into the cult, you know, that's uh, I I don't know what that says. He's either very persuasive or very good in bed. Or I mean, he would have to be really good in bed because I couldn't imagine. Him being mediocre in bed and, and getting her to convert. Well, the thing is, is that, like, he's so boring. He really is. <laughs> he's like, so he, boring looking. He looks like 80 million people that I've seen, like, either in my personal life or on TV or on the street. He looks like he was manufactured by The Gap. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He's like a Gap bot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if he had a really commanding screen presence, um, I mean... He, one might argue he does in this movie um but, oh my god you know if he had like a really palpable personality um on on screen then then sure like whatever he would set himself apart but he really doesn't so he just kind of is a gap bot yes yes he is he is a stuffed shirt he is a <laughs> a, a stuffed shirt a yes tucked in shirt a tucked in shirt yeah, yeah with some absolutely khakis. Um, <laughs> ready to pine away for whoever he's supposed to, <laughs> which in this case is Erica Christensen. Okay, so Erica Christensen, oh my god, this this voiceover that she's doing, like especially at the beginning of the movie where she's just like, oh, you know, I lived in this lighthouse with with my brother and with Heathcliff. Well, he was it Heath or Cliff? Which it was, one? It was Heath. It, it was, was Heath. Heath. He just went by Heath. Um. And it was just like everyone I ever loved was right there. And like and she like there's like them as like kids and they would hang out in like her little cave and it was just the two of them and and her and Heath would have like this like game where because like Heath is like an orphan. And so she'd be like, where do you come from? Who are your parents? And he would just like every single time just like make up He'd a make new up another thing. story. And My it was dad always like was his an, dad was an Indian chief. Yeah, it was always um, like, yeah, it, it was always some big story about his dad. But his mom always like didn't really have something going on. <laughs> it was always like my dad was a chief or my dad built skyscrapers. And my mom was a migrant worker or my mom. He met her at a bar, and I was like, "Damn, why? Why can't you make up 
grandiose stories for your mom. What is this? Yeah, it's weird. And then there's like so much like flirting between them like watching kids flirt as intensely as they're flirting was just like a bit much for me like she's just oh, like yeah like this the is beginning because there's the child versions of them uh, that are like immediately flirting yeah it's really weird like she's in the cave and she's just like this is my secret cave and then he's just like oh well how did i find it she's like you found it because i wanted you to <laughs> it's just like and then they right. kiss i was like dang these uh, kids move fast uh, and and like Heath is like his whole thing is that he's just like a sad guy with a guitar and he has like no parents and he's modeled to look like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Pop punk Kurt Cobain. Yeah, he's like MTV, like simple plan, like mall version of Kurt Cobain. Like the music, like nothing about him is like him except the fact that he has a guitar and he's blonde. But it's very much like I'm sad and deep and like. And she's just, like, obsessed. Like, she's immediately like, yes, this guy is amazing. And he's like that from when he's seven to, you know, however old he's supposed he's to be so, in his 20s. Yeah, and um, and the brother character doesn't like him because he felt like the dad liked him more, which isn't really true, but it was kind of like a... It was well, like a self-fulfilling prophecy because yeah. he would act out out of jealousy immediately. Like, he called... Heath it and was like you're astray like you don't have family like you're not welcome here and so of course his dad is like hey you can't talk to another person like that so then he like freak out and throw tantrums but he never really got disciplined but he obviously was jealous because he's like everyone like Heath more and it's like well yeah now we do uh, yeah <laughs> like, and it was prick. just like a whole thing uh yeah he'd be like yeah <laughs> you're like Kate let's go let's go hang out at the mall and and she'd be like oh what about Heath and he's, she's, he's just like I invited you and I just wanted to be like okay so did you feel like, like he wanted to fuck his sister. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I was like, what brother cares that much that their sister doesn't want to hang out with them? Like, I mean, you can be close to your siblings. I'm close to many of my siblings, but that is different than being angry that they have a friend. Like, what is that? And especially since he's an older brother. Like, it's not like he's a younger, annoying brother who's like, pay attention to me. He's like, I own Kate. And it's it's gross. It's it's really weird. And I, I, I haven't read the book entirely, but I've been like I've been reading a little bit of it, just trying to figure out like how close it is. And it's like the basic story seems to be that um, of Wuthering Heights seems to be the the dad finds Heathcliff. We don't see this in the movie, but we d the dad finds Heath and he's described and um Excuse me for the slur. This is how he's described in the book. He's described as a dark-skinned gypsy, um, which could mean any number of things. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the proper term is Romani. Um, but in the book, he's described as someone who is dark-skinned. They don't really know, like, what race he is. And then they just kind of, like, take him home. And the dad is so nice and kind and welcoming to him, even though he's not white and and Kate loves him, but the brother doesn't. So when the father dies, the brother gets control of the estate and decides to treat Heath like a servant. And so Heath gets angry and, you know, Kate gets upset and they, but they love each other. And then essentially because Heath isn't a gentleman, like he doesn't have like the money or the status, Kate 
marries a richer man that she doesn't really care as much about and their marriage is fraught because the man knows you know that she's still pining for Heath, right and so heath gets revenge by um by you know getting with um ed's sister isabel but he but he but since he's doing it as revenge he just like is very abusive to her until she finally, you know, like gets away from him. But like she but like it's basically just like, oh, I can't have what I want. I'm just going to be shitty to this other woman that loves me. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, cuz women are just uh props to, you know, get to your aim, which I guess is another woman that you could control. But and then there's just like so much stuff like, uh, you know, it just gets it is and then and then like in the and then in the book, it's like Kate dies and like there's a child and then there's like the next generation and like everyone's tortured and everyone dies and the kids are just like tortured and sad and they and a lot of and one of them dies and it's just like a whole fucking mess. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, because the book begins with like you find out that like Kath- the dead Catherine's Catherine's dead and her ghost is haunting Wuthering Heights. Right. Because I guess, you know, bad things happen. She's just going to hang out. Exactly. And, like, Heath is just, like, this, like, angry old man. <laughs> and it's 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 interesting talking about, like, the racial aspect because, like, in this version, obviously Mike Fogel is, like, I- incredibly white. Um, yeah, the thing is, is just, the only thing is that he's poor and he doesn't have parents. That's the only thing that they really use. Yeah, but it's like, he's grown up with them. So, like, he really, like, his whiteness and the fact that he's grown up with them, like, he technically is on his same basic societal footing. It should really, it should honestly be enough. Like, it just doesn't work. The only version of Wuthering Heights uh, that exists, as well, the only screen version of Wuthering Heights, where they acknowledge that Heath was dark-skinned is the one that Andrea Arnold made where Heath is a black man, um, which I think is re- the most interesting casting. And I don't really understand. I guess, like, I'm what I'm wondering is that, like, in the history of this story, no one wanted to touch the fact that he is specifically described as dark. It's kind of kind of reminded me a little bit of the the Hunger Games thing because Katniss is also specifically described as dark. Like she's still probably white, but she's described as dark, and no one cares. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like this complete. It's almost like um, sometimes I feel like in Hollywood, since we're talking about Hollywood. Um, there's a fear of messing that up that's so great that then they preemptively mess it up by not addressing it. You know, like there's this sense of like, oh, well, we don't know how to handle race. Or just like like make everyone white always. Or just this idea that like the only way that the romance could work, like, like I almost feel like some people felt like it would be less compelling or like it wouldn't work as well if Heath was actually supposed to be, you know, was dark skinned like he was supposed to be. Like, I feel like there was a generate, like everybody just decided that they knew better than the book itself, how to adapt the book, which is really, which is really weird, which has made me kind of like hesitant to ever really watch any version. Cause I always knew that. And I just feel like Heath being dark is the story that you'd want to tell. And actually it would describe, it would explain the angst a lot better because this, 
this is not like Oliver Twist. The fact that this white boy cares so much about being an orphan yeah. in 2003 is very weird to me. It, it is very weird. And it, it's like, because he, he was essentially adopted, you know, as a child, which a lot of people are. So it is weird that that becomes his whole identity and not just a part of it in this. And I think that's interesting what you were saying about, um, like, the reticence to tackle that. Because I, I think... I mean, it, it feels so absurd that this is true, but I, I think that in a lot of ways, interracial relationships aren't really represented very well um, in movies. Yeah. Like, it's still it's still kind of rare, and then when it's there, it's like this thing <laughs> that's like oftentimes either like really extra or cringy or I don't know. Uh, well, I'm thinking about another movie from this time, like Save the Last Dance, that, you know, pissed me off greatly every single time that I watched it. Even when I was a kid and I didn't know why it pissed me off, I yeah. knew that it did. Yeah. So I get it. And it's not like, by the way, I, I've mentioned this before, but if you want to see something with an interracial relationship where the where like the economic differences and everything really factors into the story, see Crazy Beautiful with Kirsten Dunst. That's a really good movie, and it seems to be the only one that can really work there. Because, like, the real problem, uh, because because social status really doesn't matter in 2003, and because, like, this orphan angst is really, really retro, the only thing that really makes sense in this version is the fact that Heath is incredibly possessive, and it seems like Kate's struggle is that she's drawn to it, but she feels guilty because she knows that, you know, possessiveness is bad. And so she wants something more normal, which is funny because she just ends up with someone who's also possessive. He's just quieter about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's, I mean, there's this struggle the whole time where... Heath will freak out and be he'll he'll literally say you're mine they go to a party when they when they meet Edward um and he freaks out at Edward talking to her and he's like she's mine and it's very it's like a child claiming a toy like that's how he acts it's so um juvenile uh and she and it's weird because she obviously knows it's wrong but she hasn't really had anything modeled because her mom's dead and, and then her dad dies so it's like she knows it's not healthy, but it's the only relationship she's been in. And she does love him. And she likes, of course, the attention and, you know, the 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 fluttering feelings. But it's also completely abusive. Um, and, and, yeah, it's like she knows that, that it's not healthy. But I don't know. It's very confusing. It's very it's confusing. Hard, you don't really know what Kate wants. Yeah, because, like, they'll, like, they'll get, to she knows what she they'll wants. get together and he'll be like, and, and he'll be like, uh, you're mine. And she'll be like, don't say it. And then she'll leave again. It's like, okay, you know, it would make more sense, like, if you really wanted to be with him to just have a long, like, sit down conversation about how possessiveness is not okay. And just like, I, I want to be with you and I want you to know that I'm in this relationship and that I'm not going anywhere, but I need you to stop talking like this. I just, I feel like there's a, there was a simpler way to deal with it just based on what's given here. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, she she does try to confront him and he freaks out and yells at her. So it's like he's obviously not able to have that conversation. Like he is a loose cannon the whole time because there are times where she's like, hey, like I'm not you don't have to own me. I like you like I'm, I'm in love with you. And he's like, 
you're mine. And he's like hulking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's no way to have a conversation with him. Out. And like, it's, it's just like. He's hulking out, but he also has an acoustic guitar uh, like and in his hand the whole time. It's <laughs> uh, so, Mike, poor Mike Vogel. Like he. <laughs> I, I don't feel bad for him. Why? Like he's fine. <laughs> it's a bad movie. Like it's funny, but it's nobody's like, nobody came out of this like, oh good. You uh, know? <laughs> no. I just I feel like he was given a role that he really couldn't he really couldn't deal with and the, he, what he's trying to do with it is so tragic like I'm just like oh no oh no what is he doing yeah like, it's just so but I mean I honestly feel that way about Erica Christensen's performance as oh well. well let's talk about her I mean like she it, it's I mean, some of it is just that the script is so it's it's like a music video. It's like a Disney Channel original movie. It's like here's a really dramatic line. Now we're going to transition like there's the pacing is wild. So, I mean, even even with the best acting jobs, it's never going to feel like like, oh, oh, yes, this is cohesive. It's so OK. Like, OK, there is uh, they they have sex for the first time. And this is after he's like jealousy been like, I want to go do this. And he's like, I won't let you. And she's and then she'll say she'll have to say things like, I hate you. I love you. And it's like you it's it's real funny. But they have sex. And then uh, Heath says the most amazing thing. He's like, your heart isn't beating as fast as mine. Your heart needs to beat as fast as mine. And then he says, I'm going to make your heart beat as fast as mine. Uh, that's like terrifying which is like is a gonna, weird threat like gonna, it's ah! supposed to be like a sexy like i'm gonna turn you on but like he's such a terrifying abusive person that it's just like what are you what are you talking about and then he's just like you know you're mine you're always mine blah 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 and he's just and then she gets upset and he's like why can't you feel the same way that i do and it's, <laughs> and it's weird because like going back to her brother like if her br- it would make so much more sense to me if her brother was resentful because he saw that Heath was emotionally abusive to his sister and he's like why is everyone allowing this to happen you know like that would be an angle um that would be an angle that would be empathetic um oh I'm, but but do you remember i think he said this i love you i swear to god if you ever leave me i'll kill you i don't know i don't remember if she says it or he says no, it no he uh she says that yeah she actually says that. and then he says well i would come back to life and then kill you so that we could be together and i was like what is happening <laughs> it's like it's okay. I was like scream laughing i was like this but it's is also so just extra. like okay wait but if this he's like messed up but, but I, if I, he's I, like the really possessive one then why does she say that line i was so confused i was just I was like confused too i think that was supposed to show like how in the rabbit hole they both are despite the fact that he's the you know uh, aggressor um that that overall everything about their attraction to each other is toxic um and just lacks any perspective yeah and then like the dad the this is and then we finally get to the part where the dad dies and then the the brother is like in control of everything and Oh, no. We need to talk about how the brother has a okay, faux hawk. Okay, now I remember who the third kid is. Okay, so there. We, th- we, we have to talk about how the brother has a faux hawk and is super into heavy metal, and that's like his whole identity. That's his whole identity. And then he becomes a drunk later when, like, th- w- like after he, things- like, has some parties so, and his dad dies. Okay, now I remember because they're like, because in the book, you know, it's like a generational trauma thing. So Isabel and um, Heathcliff's kid has troubles, and then Kate and Ed. 
and Ed's kids have troubles. And then the brother, because in the book, the brother has a wife and the wife dies. And it's when the wife dies that he starts drinking. Because in the movie, he just kind of starts drinking because he's sad and he realizes that his father's love the thing that he wanted so much he can't have it because the father is dead and he has nothing left and his sister hates him and everything so he starts drinking but in the book it's that his wife dies and he can't deal with it and so he becomes a drunk and then he has a kid and the, these three kids are just like constantly just like fucking each other in, in each other's way even though like there's so much really there's so much blood between all of them that it's so weird that these kids like <laughs> it's so <laughs> but yeah like so he, he it was a whole thing where it's like, you can't sleep in the main house, like, which doing this in 2003 is also just wild and funny. It's like, you can't sleep in the main house and you can't touch my sister. Like, it's like, and I wanted him to like follow it up and be like, only I can touch my sister. Because yeah, like, it was so like, creepy. And then he literally says, the brother says to Heath, he goes, um, you know, how is my sister? He literally asks how his sister is in bed. And then he says, cause I have a few friends who would love a taste of that. I'm like, who the fuck talks about their sister? Like, even if you're a shitty abusive dude, like that's such a weird line. Like it's, it's a really weird line. It's really, really. Creepy. It's very strange. Like, I think that the, the choice to not, for him to not have a wife in this version is very weird because like it just makes him seem like he wants to get with his sister yes exactly the wife was like a good distraction from that in the book like he actually seemed to like his wife in the book so this is just like yeah he just has all this misplaced <laughs> angst and and it's and then of course because it's an mtv movie it comes out in the most like extra like like he listens to kill switch engage and like draws on his converse and like it's just like okay and okay so then kate gets hit by a car and um and and edward sees it as because in this he's edward in the book he's edgar i believe and edward christopher masterson um scientology's man and also brother to the rapist danny masterson what a family. God damn. Yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> the alleged rapist Danny Masterson, whatever the fuck. I hope Bijou Phillips is okay. I mean, if they if they <laughs> sue us, then you know. Oh my god. Uh, the estate the Masterson estate. Yeah, the Masterson estate is like bad romance <laughs> podcast. And we're like, we don't have any the money. The entire <laughs> Do you want my student loan debt? Like the what are you paying for? <laughs> the uh, Scientology comes after us. That would be amazing press. <laughs> our page, I feel like our Patreon would blow up. Our podcast, up. like we would finally we would probably, like start making like good money. It. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like, it's so funny, like because her dad is dead and because her brother is like a crazy drunk. They're just like, okay, well you can just stay here, and so she just moves in, like she. She, yeah, she she just moves in <laughs> with Edward um and the whole family is psycho and Heath has ran away because he's angry <laughs> well Which, yeah in the book what happens is that he runs away to America to make his fortune and then he comes back in this one he he's just becomes, wandering around near a lighthouse he, he wanders around but he becomes a rock star eventually we'll get to it eventually in a but he sees her again before that um so like <laughs> So now she, he's like, she's like with the rich 
people and we get Catherine Heigl who plays um Edward's sister Isabel who is the best part of this movie 100% like I like when she this performance this is the kind of performance that would have been like fantastic and cruel intentions like honestly better than Sarah Michelle Gellar <laughs> like oh she, yeah no uh Catherine Heigl was like giving us some serious vampy energy in this she was amazing she in was, this yeah she and it was made me wish there. it made me wish that like she had done like different kinds of like she had done less rom-coms and more dramatic work because she was just fucking killing it i really and there, she has this great um line where she's just like everyone is so obsessed with this bitch i swear to god and i, I was like, it was so amazing <laughs> i was because i was like yeah i agree with you i don't really get it either and hearing katherine heichel say bitch because she's never in a movie where it, it where she would ever say bitch and yeah definitely not like in an actually like 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 she's actually pissed at another woman. Like, yeah, no, she's and normally that's not something I'm like, oh good, but oh, it was so great. Yeah, she usually in movies incredible. she just shares all of her like aggression for men. Like she, but women like she seems to be fine with. So it's always it's interesting to it was, see her in this yeah, dynamic. She, was, she she was fantastic. I mean, she's basically just like it seems like she's bored. Um, she's over it, right? She's over this like you know oceanside life. And then and then and then Kate starts living with them, and there's this bath scene <laughs> where Kate is taking a bath, and then Catherine Heigl just goes in there, and she's like, "I figured you'd want some female company." Oh my god! Yeah, she comes I was like, in. Are they gonna have sex? She's like on? scrubbing her back and like giving her advice, and then like, and that's when she says the she says the bitch line like when she's leaving, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, what what a perfect scene!" Oh, so yeah, she she scrubs her back, and then she's talking to to uh kate about heath and she's like he was your first right and kate's like he was my only and she's like oh well you know we got to get you move you on to someone else and and kate's like yeah i don't know and and then uh yeah and then Catherine heigl leaves and of course edward being desperate is listening to them in the hallway and he's like freaked out that his sister's talking to kate and he's like what were you saying and she's like oh calm down and then that's when she says the bitch line and it's just like damn it's so it's so wild because like okay <laughs> and then uh we finally get christopher masterson trying to be a romantic lead here and he's and he's trying to explain how much he's like into kate he's just like you were always so wild and 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 when I picked you up after the accident, I, I touched you and I realized that I didn't want it to be the last time. <laughs> he said it was the first time he touched her and it he didn't want it to be the last. And then he also said that she seemed like she grew out of the ocean. Oh, man. Yeah. I was like, whose ninth grade poetry notebook did you take this line from? Because I am living for it. <laughs> like. He's like, yeah, you just seem so wild. And she's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's like so awkward. Uh, and, and then like they, they, and then Heath comes back on the scene. Um, they have like a party that night after she takes a bath. Cause you got to take a bath before the party. And she's like wearing this nice evening gown that, that Edward's mom, who we never see. Yeah. Um, we never see that. Edward's mom like just like has that fits her perfect. Cause of course, um, and then and then Heath like reemerges and he has a dirty face <laughs> because yeah. I guess he hasn't showered because he's just been like living even though there's like an ocean. I don't understand why he can't wash his face. Um, I feel like this is just another thing that the, the movie did that doesn't make sense in 2003. 
Anyways, yep. he crashes the party and is just like, where's Kate? And is freaking out. And he's like, is this where you are now? You left and you didn't tell me. Even though he had left before she moved in with Edward. So he's freaking out and he's like chasing her through this house. And all these adults are just standing there just letting stand, this like, happen. He, again, like this Even is like abusive behavior. He's like yelling her like he's like, hey, like you belong to me, like stuff like that. Like people should have intervened. And no. Yeah. No one does anything. And so she runs and she goes into this room. She slams the door and then and he's like yelling and looking for her. And then uh, Catherine Heigl comes through just all like chill. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. She's like, let me handle it to Heath. And then she goes into the room to talk to Kate and Kate is like pacing and she's like, you know, I want this love, but I don't want this love and I don't like how I feel. And I know I know that we bring out the worst in each other, but like I need him and he drives me crazy, but I don't want him. And then he hears I don't want him and he like runs out away and then Catherine Heigl chases him in her car and she's like, I'm moving into basically like this awesome dorm at college and like you should move in with me and i was okay. like wait it's what? so wild yeah this 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 okay so these relationship this relationship is juxtaposed with edward and like Catherine finally getting together where like it's so funny too because before she leaves she has to give edward a pep talk to like be a man <laughs> so he does and then he comes and says this very unconvincing line he's gone but i'm here and i'm not going anywhere and, yeah and then they have sex and then they have sex <laughs> and then like um and then, like, yeah, she brings Heath into this room and, like, Heath doesn't want to do it at, at like, the first, but he, she just, like, what's not to like? You have everything you need in this room. You can do your music and blah, 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 and, like, everything. So he decides to stay, but he, like, hates her. And then there's a scene where, like, it seems like she's about to, like, sexually assault him. And then at the last second, he, like rolls on top of her to make it like not assault but it's like it's but then i feel like it's still assault like between the two of them it's like ew and like who's rape yeah i don't know it's i'm just like what is happening like is somebody assaulting someone or are you having rough sex either way i don't feel comfortable with it because it's very much like there's so much hatred there yeah yeah it's like well she loves him but she like resents him for loving kate and and he doesn't love her at all, but he likes the idea of like getting revenge on Kate. Yeah, like you just like, and also just like fucking with the fam, getting revenge on Edward too. Like, oh uh, yeah, like you can't get rid of me. I'm with your sister now. <laughs> Which again, there's so much creepy incestuous stuff. Um, and I mean, again, that that yeah, that and seems, I mean, it's it's less weird in the context of a Bronte novel and like the the whole class structure and um, yeah and i mean the stuff that happens whereas in 2003 you're just like can you guys meet some other people <laughs> what's wild is that basically like elizabeth uh, elizabeth isabel kind of does everything that she can to make him a star like including oh my god uploading his music to the world wide web okay my god damn look at those computers oh those windows my favorite windows. that was my favorite there was a montage where like literally <laughs> it's just like shots of people on chat rooms talking about his music oh, like did you hear he's man. single oh. and then there's like a shot of uh katherine heigl in a hat just standing outside and then there's like a fade out to computers and <laughs> like basically not myspace but it feels like myspace pages 
of just people talking about his music and then and then the next scene he's like a rock star and he's like yeah. playing a show. Yeah, she like she like makes him a rock star. She not only like uploads his music online with like out his consent, which is great because like he gets to that line, I don't want anybody else to hear my music, which is ridiculous. Like why it's else like, would you make it? It's like yeah, cuz if he was someone who made it secretly alone in his room, that'd be one thing, but he's this he's the guy who literally always has a guitar on him, so he yeah. wants them to hear. He wants people to hear. Like he's I I, I think that the I think that the insinuation is that his music is for for Kate and for Kate only. Yes, but absolutely. it's like uh, <laughs> so dumb. And so like um, so there's this great concert scene where he's like performing and and like she's like okay his success I I facilitated it it's gonna be great and then he performs and he's like oh this is for Kate and then he plays a song with like Kate's vocals like did not sign off or like this is getting sold to people and he just like has Kate's vocals on this song yeah absolutely uh, and um and then Catherine Heigl slash Isabel has one of the best freakouts I've ever seen. She's just like in the. She's, she's like in the audience. She's got of, that hat on. She's got the fucking hat on. She's in the audience of his show, and he he starts the song. And he's like, "I dedicate this to Kate," and then she's like angry, crying while he's playing, and it's so incredible. And she's kind of like laughing too, and she's just like, "I did this. I made this." And she's like talking to random people who aren't listening to her. I did this. I made this. I I made the career. Song, she's like, "The song is actually for me." And she's like laughing and crying and angry. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is absolutely yes. Oh, my God. It's like it's so it's so beautiful. This film is just so be I love it. So like, let me let me let me explain that I am. I will buy this on DVD. Like I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jordana, this is like has changed her life. Uh, this has changed my life. I've never seen like what a pure vision of what a pure vision. What a pure disaster. What 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 beautiful shit. I it, it really is beautiful <laughs> shit. I just like if you stepped on shit and then you looked at your shoe but it was like the shape of a heart and you're like, "Ah, okay." And like, oh my god! And Mike Vogel has this great scene to Isabel when he's basically just like explaining, like, like he's never gonna love her. It's just like you're, you're never, never gonna, gonna get, get what, what you want. want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And like, and again, it's like, and meanwhile, like Kate is just kind of like, I guess I'll be with Edward. Um, and again, this is where it, it, it. I mean, I guess like since they're like at a lighthouse, it's it's very much implied that they live in this small beach community, but it's wild to me that Kate doesn't seem into Edward and like kind of seems like she just like hasn't met anyone else ever. It's like, she's met Edward Heath and her brother, <laughs> all who want her. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause when they get married, the brother is drunk at the, at the wedding. It's just, he's like, you're finally getting away. Just like mom, he gets into their limo. <laughs> Yeah, and okay, so Edward proposes to Kate, like, it's, so there's a scene where they sleep together right after Heath has ran away before he becomes famous, and then the next time we see Kate and Edward is him proposing, so it's just like, okay, well, they had sex, and now they're gonna get married, <laughs> it's like, and he's just like, he proposes, and she literally pauses, and she's like, sure, <laughs> and he's like, really, and she's like, yeah, and he's like, you made me the happiest I'll ever be. And I'm like, wow, this is so depressing. She is obviously not into him, but he's just like, she's mine now. Um, 
Yeah, and they there's a scene, and it's after the concert scene, and it's after some of the fight scenes with Isabel and Heath, where um, it's the only time that we see Isabel's mom. And she comes into her room, like her dorm, and Isabel's just crying, sitting on the ground. And it's after Heath has told her that he'll never love her. And her mom's like, your brother's getting married today. <laughs> and, and then Isabel goes, have you ever been in love? And her mom's just like, it's not about that. And Isabel's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. Is, is this Did she the part- not know about her brother's wedding? Or is she just like... Like, is this the so- part where she says that, like, being in love is all the point? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, because it's, it's like, it's not scene. the point. And then, oh, yeah. And then she gives a no! <laughs> yeah, and we it, it's just... If, if it doesn't make sense to you listening, then that's exactly how it feels watching it. Um there's so many scenes that transition so weirdly and then you're like wait did did she is she missing the wedding on purpose did she not know about it is her mother just telling her like what like we don't know um and it doesn't really matter (laughs) it doesn't really matter okay yeah okay so like it it's so well so they're about to go on like a cruise for their honeymoon and then um Kate doesn't want to go. And I think Edward realizes she doesn't want to go because she's going to be far away from Heath. But he tries to be like, he tries really hard. Like, it's weird because like he's doing it because he, you know, he has an end goal, not because he's an actually compassionate person. But he's just like, okay, well, we can honeymoon here where we already are. That's great. And like, it's so funny because it's like, it's so obvious to me that it's not great. (laughs) But she's just like, okay, great. And then, of course, she ends up going back over there to to see Heath and Heath has like bought the childhood home because he's like you know he's he's rich and he can do whatever he wants now and then Chris Masterson sees them through the telescope and then he Kyle's favorite scene he angrily throws his cello into the sea (laughs) yes he does he throws his cello into the sea and there's like dramatic music playing and like waves and it's nighttime there's like thunder and you see his cello uh, and it's like such an um, um an art moment it is just uh it's like exactly how we all felt when we were 15 the whole time like that's that's what that cello moment it's is so great it's so it's so great and um i mean and then she ends up of course getting pregnant yeah, and that's when he decides that he's just going to act just like Heath cuz I guess, you know, that's that's what happens. I think I think like He asks her if the baby is his or Heath his, because he's so His paranoid. or mine. His or mine. And it's obviously his because she hasn't hooked up with Heath in a long time, but but he just like before she can even answer, he's just like it's mine. I own you. You're mine now. I've wanted you and and like I I a woman like you would never look at me and now you're mine. Which is weird because like yes, he's basic, but so is she. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> Yeah, she's I mean, not really like, like they're all just like, you know, youth pastors. Like I'm just <laughs> like why like like he's like oh you're the cool girl and i'm the loser and i'm like i don't know you're all fucking weird to me (laughs) you played cello she hooks up with a guy who's basically her adopted brother i don't know y'all are messy like um nothing against cello and then she of course she runs away she runs away to heath and then she dies in childbirth, as you do. In the cave. In the it cave. It should be noted that it's in the cave in and the ca- she's yelling out for Heath, who's not there. None of the men are there, of course, because she's just an object to them. And then and then Heath like shows up like as she's dying, and then like Heath 
It's so weird because, like, in this, like, Heath just, like, decides, well, I'm just raising this daughter. That's just what I'm doing. He's raising the daughter. And then you hear her voiceover again, and she's just like, you know, I can look over you. I can see you grow up, my daughter, which I guess is, like, a nod to the fact that she's a ghost, that she becomes a ghost in the book. And there's an (laughs) image of her standing on top of the lighthouse, which is just, wow, yes, chef's kiss. Uh, I... This is high art. <laughs> it's it, it, like this. This. Uh, I I was laughing. I was laughing out loud. Like I was clutching myself, laughing. I I would love to know, um, who who like how is this responsible? I would love like to do like an oral history of of how this came to be and why MTV felt the need to do this. That they made that, that that created because like, I feel like this is at the tail end of like, you know, there were a lot of like literary adaptations being turned into like teen movies at the time, but like none of it was like Bronte shit. Like none of it was like Gothic shit. So this is very like, there's no like teen version of Jane Eyre. (laughs) Right. So so I guess I just don't know, like, what their thinking was. And this is oddly, like... Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of teen Shakespeare, but... There's teen Shakespeare. There's teen Jane Austen. Yes, absolutely. Um, But there's no, like, teen Dickens. It's hard to do teen Bronte or teen Dickens, partially (laughs) even just because they're so long. It's like Shakespeare's plays, so that's easy to adapt. Yeah. Um... And even Jane Austen, like the her books are long, but they're not quite as long, and it's it's less uh, intergenerational and more like one one generation story or one family story or one friend group story. Could you imagine like 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 Oliver Twist, but like for teens? <laughs> Should we make it? <laughs> like yeah, this is hard. Like uh like oh great expectations, but. <laughs> I've always wanted to do like tweet teen Dostoevsky because I was teen like Dost- so in the heavy. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> Can you met like a teen crime and punishment or like teen brothers Karamazov? Oh like- <laughs> man, I love it. I love it. I love it. We should do it. This is so. This was very ambitious for MTV. I am surprised that they didn't bury this. I mean, they probably did because it doesn't play a lot, but it's also really easy to find. Yeah, and I could and like you and can I get it on Amazon Prime and I can like I could buy it on DVD, which I will. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like at the time they were making so much content like MTV was that even though this is what it is, they probably were just like, it's fine. We have other stuff people are paying attention to. That's that's my thought is at this time they were, they had such high volume. Like if they made this now, they would definitely bury it. Every. <laughs> <laughs> but then they were also like everyone the, would notice if they made well, it now. Well, yeah, I mean, if they made anything <laughs> that anyone knew about, because we have because we have Twitter now, so it's like one person would watch it, like kind of like like oh my god, did you notice that like links of like of uh, images of images videos and stuff of meet joe black has been like yes (laughs) and it's like i saw meet joe black like we all saw it so it's just but it's like we're revisiting it's funny how with twitter it'll like be this it'll like reignite a conversation about a movie yeah which i think is great because i love talking about old shit yeah yeah, then then the conversation is happening and i i agree i like talking about old stuff too 
Um, I don't think about things just because they're happening now. So it's nice when there's a space for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like our podcast is largely, you know. Yeah. Not, which I love that stuff. But but most of it's, you know. And there's a reason for that. Like, I don't want the focus to be new stuff, really. Like, it's because there's also there's so many people talking about new stuff. And it's not that we can't. It's just like, I think it's more interesting to go into stuff that doesn't have 18 million opinions about it at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so much like the content. I guess funny, like this week, which like, I don't by the time this is done, it's already been up for a bit. But I, I wrote about Spike Lee's school days and. You know, it's like it's a really well thought out piece and it's like 1500 words or whatever. And like I worked really hard on it. I worked multiple weeks on it and really like it's probably not going to get as much like reading or like clicks or views because it's a movie that came out in 1989. Right. (laughs) So like it's just like a thing. Not 1989, 88, I think. But um, it's it's like an it's an older film and it's like okay but like we should be you know evaluating these things but everything's just about like oh what came out just now can you write about this thing that came out just now and can you write it like in you two have to days write it within yeah like four days of its release otherwise it's too late like, oh I've man definitely had things where I pitched something within a week and and it was because I thought about the take <laughs> and I didn't see it early. I didn't see it before it came out. I say it like the day or the weekend it came out. And they're like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's already it's, it's already too, too late. late. This is six days after it came out. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, okay, I was trying to pitch like a piece on the new charmed, and it was just like I know that it was like it already premiered and everything, but it's like we're not even at the end of season one yet, so this entire window should be okay to write about the new Charmed, but nobody wanted it because if it wasn't within the first if week of not. its premiere, then no one wants to pay for exactly. it. Exactly. If it's not the premiere or if it's not like this specific episode recap, you know, the week it comes out, then what? Yeah. It, and I mean, I understand there's definitely a place for that and there's a lot of good stuff that that is pegged in that way, but it's frustrating when you feel like Sometimes the best ideas don't come within 12 hours of something. Often they do not. (laughs) Many times they don't. And many times, even if you have a good idea, like in order to flesh it out into something more nuanced, you need a few days at least. But such is the hype machine. Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. I am cracking up that I feel like a lot of our episodes have been really short lately, and and this one got us back to our our uh, normal our, our normal, normal like rambling because this normal is rambling length of episode. Because yeah, well, because this is so it's so it's, it's so, so like, I, was, I was full of joy. Uh, I love it so much. I uh, this is changed like like it's probably gonna be changed by the time this episode is out. But right now, my Twitter name is literally MTV's Wuthering Heights 2003. <laughs> I, you were I was cracking up so hard at you like going for it. Like you were just like, yes, this I love this movie, and I'm thinking about it still. And you guys all need to appreciate uh, it. It's so it's it's art. Like I love. I love there's nothing that I love more than people trying really, really hard to do something profound. I just there's just something it is so very pure. There is yeah. something very pure about like how much this movie wants to be deep and it wants the drama to really like penetrate your emotions, but it's like it no. It's, it's not so happening. like I just oh man, like just like chef's kiss, whole thing, beautiful magical i can't wait to make everyone come over to my apartment and watch it i can't like this is throwing your cello into the sea (laughs) this is this is exactly 
This is the kind of movie that I created this podcast for. <laughs> it really is because like the podcast is supposed to be movies that are bad, but they're fun for us to talk about. And some of the bad ones just aren't fun to talk about because yeah. they're just so frustrating or because they're just so boring. But this one's just extra in like the perfect ways. And I, I I'll love it forever for that. I would I definitely just... show this on a projector and like force my friends to watch oh, it. Oh man. I mean, you yes. know, my my birthday last year was yes. making people watch Mary Kate Nash. Oh movies. my god, if we watch this on your birthday next year, I would fucking I'm, like I would I'm, die. I'm this doing Lindsay great. Lohan this year. Oh man. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get obviously Mean Girls, we're going to get Confessions Mary- of a Teenage Drama of Queen. Course. Yep, of yeah. course. <laughs> um, we'll we'll probably get some Herbie. Um, life size, obviously life size, obviously parent trap. And then I Ooh, think, get a clue. I think get a clue. And I think that either at the beginning or the end, when people are filtering in or out, we'll do a little bit of beach house just to, to catch people up to where she is now. Cause I think <sighs> it's important. People kind of check in on her. That, that <laughs> beach that, house is so messy. That messy bitch. I've only watched a few episodes, but wow, she is what a messy bitch. So messy. But <laughs> This, okay, wow. We have no recommendations for another thing to watch. Watch this. Yeah, <laughs> Please absolutely. Do. Be kind to yourself. Do something good for yourself. Watch this. Yeah, this is not going to make you sad or angry. <laughs> this like, is fantastic. Because like, like, like we said, we know that the characters are like emotionally abusive and dysfunctional and manipulative so we're not you know like but it's so bad it's such a bad movie even that you're just like okay this is messed up but also why is what why does everybody look like a member of reliant k why is this like, <laughs> like like why is this just like a christian rock band like throwing their instruments in the scene oh my god is so man wow I just I man I would I would go on for even much longer but I have to I have to go I have to do more work <laughs> and it makes you. me so sad that I can't just sit here for another I half know, hour and talk, and I about, talk this. about this for longer than the actual oh movie. my god just what a delight god I am Jordan Searles this is the bad romance podcast I'm getting so choked up this is so I'm good I'm and Isaac we love you <laughs> we love you we'll see you or talk to you next week yes bye bye <laughs> yeah Let's go this trip. Uh, yeah, back it up, back it up. Uh, uh, yeah, let's go this trip. Maybe tomorrow.